2: Welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a
0: goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Ah, oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too.
2: On America's Sports Choice,
0: KMOX.
3: I have a little under two hours away from that. Welcome to the show. Cards go for the sweep today against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I was just here uh, last night uh, doing a post-game of the Cardinals' 12-5 win over the Pirates. Good morning, Brian Kelly. How are you doing?
4: I am good, Tom Ackerman. How are you?
3: Uh, Doing great. Uh, I want to talk about your hockey team in just a second. Uh, The Kentucky Derby, I thought yesterday (laughs) was uh, great. Amazing. Um, I just love seeing it back. It just brings back so many great memories. My mom grew up in Southern Illinois, in Salem, Illinois, Mm -hmm. and my grandma, Doris Witten, a wonderful woman, and people in Salem uh, remember her well. She was just uh, really amazing, full of life. And one thing she loved dearly was the Kentucky Derby. So as a little kid, I learned the horses, mm-hmm. and I remember she would collect the glasses.
4: Yeah. And uh-huh.
3: those Kentucky Derby glasses where they had all the winners, and I would memorize all the winners really? every year. And so wow. it was just, it's been a big part of my life, and I think about her when I watch it. I think about you know going to Vegas with my buddies and betting on the race, going to the race itself, uh, going to Churchill Downs when I was in college, um, All the fun parties that you have. It really did feel normal again, uh, which was nice. I know yeah. there's a lot going on during this pandemic, and we have to be very careful. But, you know, to see smiles and 51,000 people, and uh, it's its good. We're getting there.
4: Yeah, so. and they were jammed in. The only place there was social distancing was on the infield. Everybody <laughs> else was all together. So yeah. hopefully everything will turn out. Could be uh, kind of a litmus te- litmus test for us. But, yeah. uh, oh, and, and amazing to see those four horses come down the stretch side by side like that. That was so cool.
3: It was exciting. I didn't (laughs) win anything. I did go to FanDuel Race and Sportsbook over in Collinsville, and and I bet uh, I had, the closest I had was I had an 8.17 Exacta, but that 17 horse just didn't get any higher than 10th, 17 Mm. finished 10th. Just kind of got stuck in the middle and couldn't get there. Uh, But the 8 got there, and Bob Baffert, I guess I should learn my lesson. Like, if if they're giving you double-digit odds on Bob Baffert, take it. Oh, my goodness.
4: He's amazing. He is. And, And that horse at one time was bought for a thousand dollars. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's mind blowing. It is. It really yeah. is.
3: So that's really exciting. And congratulations to everyone involved there. Uh The Blues last night. So they're up three to one and the wild did to them what they did to the wild recently. They turned it around and went at four, three in overtime. I still feel good about this hockey team from this standpoint, as bad as that was last night. No Tarasenko, no Krug, no Dunn and the team is finding ways to hang in there, also they have three games in hand. So if you're just looking at the big picture, can the Blues make the playoffs or not, this is a good situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. The uh, team that's chasing and the Coyotes, picked up a point last night. They lost to Vegas in overtime, so the Blues still have that three-point cushion with three games in hand. That said, if they play like that, they're not going to go very far.
4: Well, I I like the way they've been playing lately, and I think it seemed like when they had the game a couple weeks ago, I guess it was, when Pareko and Dunn were both out, the forwards finally realized that they really have to get back and help out the defense, and they played a complete game that night against Colorado. And since then, they have been playing much more of that style that we saw in 2019 in the playoffs, where they are hounding the puck a Mm -hmm. lot more. Uh, to watch O'Reilly and Shen Forchek is a thing of beauty. Those two guys will, they'll swarm you. They will get the puck and they will make something happen with it. You got Thomas and Cairo who are playing very, very well. They seem to have found their confidence. Of course, that brings Hoffman along with them with that line. Uh, So I still like the way they're playing. And I think they're, I was talking to James earlier. and I said, I think this is a point where, You know, you've got the new guys that come in, and when you come into a a team that has won a Stanley Cup recently, you've got that core of guys, and I would think as a new guy, you still feel a little bit on the outside. Those, Those guys have been through the playoff wars. They have a very special thing that they have gone through. You're an outsider still, and I have the feeling that now this team has decided we are this edition of the St. Louis Blues. This is our team. It's not the guys who are here and the new guys now. And they're playing as a team. Justin Falk has taken a leadership role, playing almost 30 minutes a game. And, and I, I have I have a good feeling about where this team is headed.
3: I really like Falk's game. The Blues have played well up until losing that lead last yeah. night. Yeah. And we'll see how they can turn this thing around and get it going. They play the Ducks tomorrow, and that will be here uh, at 7
4: o'clock. And that's going to be, you know, you, you play... Colorado and you play Minnesota, those are playoff games. Yeah. It really feels I don't know if it's a time of year or what, but it really feels like playoff hockey right now. Well then you bring in a team that's last in the division and just play not very good. But you know, that's where you don't want to and I, I you know I get tired of people saying, Oh, the teams that are, you know, are out of it are dangerous because they're playing loose. Well, no, they're out of it because they're not very good. The problem is the Blues have to play the way they can play if they allow that thought that oh the ducks are here you know we got this then they're in trouble
3: mike schilt the cardinals manager is standing by chris blair the general manager of worldwide technology raceway at 10:50, big day in kansas city as kansas speedway holds uh, nascar today and he was just down uh, in texas for the indycar race so we will get an update on some racing but one more question for you Clem Costin, I've been fascinated by this guy since the car, the, the Blues drafted him, 6'3", 215 pounds. Uh, he can play a physical game that Craig mm-hmm. Berube likes. He'll mm-hmm. be on the taxi squad starting Tuesday. We'll right. see if
4: they can get him up to speed. It'll be interesting. And he's just come through a playoff run where they won a cup. They won the championship. So uh, he's had that good experience. It'll be interesting to see if he can you know, step up to the NHL and then the NHL playoff level. That he has to be in. He's been one of those guys, kind of like a Kairu who's been in the minors for a couple of years. You keep hoping he takes that step. Kairou's taking that step. Can Koston do it? I guess we'll find out now. From so.
3: KHL
4: to the NHL. It's a, it, it is a step, you mm-hmm. know, but he has been through the playoff wars, which is a, a good experience at, at any level.
3: I look forward to it. I'm sure they will welcome him, especially if he's on his game. BK is always on his game when it comes to hockey. We appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. It is 10-13. The manager of the Cardinals, Mike Schilt. The Mike Schilt Show is next.
2: Time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals 2021 season with Redbirds manager, Mike Schilt. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule on your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX.
3: And we are joined by the Cardinals manager, a Cardinals win yesterday. They go for the sweep today at 12.05 with Carlos Martinez on the hill. Good morning, Mike. How are things in Pittsburgh?
5: Uh, Doing well, Tom. Good morning. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. I know everyone wants to hear about Jordan Hicks, and I'm going to wait on that as we get to that point of the game, if that's okay. I think we'd start by just navigating our way through that three-hour, 43-minute game last night. Does that sound good to you? Yes, sir. That's fine. Let's do it. First inning, Cardinals, get it going. And they had uh, Tommy Edmond double to right to start the game. Edmond is leading this team in hits. He's leading this team in batting average at 295. He doubled to right. Carlson struck out. Here comes Paul Goldschmidt.
2: Now the pitch. Goldie hits a ground ball. Right side, right field, base hit. Tommy Edman coming around third. Polanco's throw is cut off by Moran. one nothing Cardinals as Paul Goldschmidt hit the ball through the infield on the right side. Kind
3: of felt like it's just a matter of time before he gets it going, Mike. Paul Goldschmidt, one of the best hitters in the game for a long time and just pokes it through the right side, didn't he?
5: Yeah, I mean, one thing you'll hear – potentially on this little conversation about yesterday's game is using the whole field and he got to two strikes and didn't try to do too much. We had six two-strike hits yesterday and took advantage of an open hole and a nice ground ball hit to the other side to to get us on the board.
3: Yes, he did. Trevor Cahill walked Nolan Arenado, and that brought up Paul DeYoung batting fifth in the order. He did this. The
2: pitch to Paul DeYoung, a swing, and there's a high fly ball. Hit to deep left field. Tom, back to the wall. It's a gunner. Paul DeYoung with a three-run homer in the first inning. And DeYoung gets his third hit in the last 26 at-bats. It was a big one, his sixth home run of the year.
3: He leads the team in that category. Six home runs, Mike Schilt. You've used a, a few people in that number five spot in the order. What do you like about Paul E.D. there?
5: Well, you know, obviously we've used, uh well, you're right, we've used Yachty. Um, not with us, We're missing him, but um, on a road to recovery. Um Paulie's had good at bats. You know, John mentioned three or 26, whatever that looks like. But um, he had two missiles the day before yesterday, um, right at guys, undressed at third baseman yesterday, got robbed by a nice play by Frazier. Um, so he could have been easily, you know, seven, eight for 26, whatever that looks like. And there's some good at bats prior to that, so it could have been even better. But what I like about him, he's Pauly, uh, has gotten back to being who Paulie is nice and relaxed, good rhythm, not trying to do too much, and uh, put a good swing on that one. Big
3: smile on his face as he made his way through the dugout after that one. Cardinals are up 4 nothing quickly on Cahill. Bottom of the first, Jack Flaherty.
2: Now the 0-2 pitch. Strike three inside corner. Fastball froze Philip Evans.
3: And then here's a good fastball hitter.
2: Three balls, two strikes, two outs. The pitch. Swing and a miss. A high fastball strikes out Reynolds.
3: He gets him there. Jack Flaherty was on early, wasn't he, Mike?
5: Was. It got better as he went, actually. Um... You know, a few close misses early on, um, but literally settled in and, and was able to uh, get through sixth and finish strong.
3: He did. An RBI by uh, Tom in the second inning made it four to one, and then Goldie.
5: Clarity's
2: pitch. A slider swung on and drilled. Great play by Goldschmidt, flipping to Flaherty to get the out at first. Wow. That saved a run, maybe two. As that ball was headed for the right field corner, Goldschmidt, with a great reaction, picked it up and made the play to the pitcher covering.
3: Boy, he's a special player. Top of the third. He walks. Goldschmidt does. Arenado singles. So now you have runners at first and third for Paul DeYoung. And to your point, He hits the ball hard but lines out to third. That brings up Tyler
0: O'Neal. He's hit the Pirates very well in his career. He hits that ball hard left side. That's a base hit. And the Cardinals are going to add on another run. Paul Goldschmidt scores, and it's 5-1 St. Louis.
3: And Mike Schill, Tyler O'Neal has come alive also. He's shown some power, but he's also been able to hit the ball uh, to all fields, hasn't he?
5: Yeah, he has opened up his game a little bit, and he, you know, Crush one uh, opening game here uh, over both bullpens. But um, yes, big strong guy, not trying to do too much. Using the whole field and getting rewarded for
3: it. Yeah, Adam Wainwright tweeted after that. He said, 426. That thing's at least 450 <laughs> when he hit that over the bullpen. Wayno was watching from home. Uh, but uh, going to right field, that's nice to watch. That one was to left. But when Tyler goes to right field, uh, another great sign there. Cardinals uh, give up a couple of runs in the third. And it's a 5-3 ball game after Moran and Polanco deliver RBIs, Mike. But your team is able to hang in there in the game. It's 5-3 after 6. And just overall, Jack Flaherty, you mentioned it earlier, but just your overall feelings there. He strikes out 9, goes 6 innings, gives up 3 runs. That's quote-unquote a quality start. And he, the guy is 5-0. and oh. I mean, there's no one in the majors is 5-0. and oh.
5: um, I'll probably be right back with you. Yeah, no all problem. Right, um, no, I was talking to Pop. Oh, um gotcha. Yeah, so no, uh, yeah, he's only got five and zero, and um, observably so. And it's pitched pitch very well, and used all his pitches, and you know, really trusts his fastball, which has been really good to him, and been able to um, pitch off of that using a slider. And I like the fact he's sprinkling in some change ups, and he's got a good curveball that's, that's been effective for him as well.
3: That's good to hear also as Flaherty goes six, throws 104 pitches, 65 were strikes. You turn things over to Jordan Hicks, who was hitting the gun at 198. And then Nolan Arnato noticed something about Hicks after one of his pitches. Body language was just a little off. So did you. So did Mike Maddox. And here's what happened.
0: Mike Schilt has his arm on his shoulders right now. And it looks like they're going to take him out. So Jordan Hicks, I would say reluctantly leaves the mound and we're going to have a pitching change
3: it was a discussion on the mound a lengthy one there mike as it turns out the first word from your club was right arm tightness and then you clarified and i really appreciate it i had the post game last night and i thought uh you were terrific with the media and really talking about everything that's going on there uh inflammation in the elbow can you expand on that and do we have any
4: updates at all
5: uh no updates i mean a quick turnaround we just um basically got back to the ballpark but um no, I mean, we're, listen, we'll get imaging tomorrow. Um, we're not blindly hopeful, but we are hopeful um, and expect nothing to be uh, show up on the imaging. Pretty typical of what you would expect of a guy coming back from Tommy John. You're going to have your little bit of fits and starts. And, and um, you know, he just had some inflammation um, and a little tightness in his in his elbow. Um, nothing that anybody's overly concerned about, but a concern now, we went to talk to him that, you know, it didn't make sense for him to keep, keep going um, yesterday. So we'll uh, obviously be careful with all of them. Of course, we're going to be careful with Jordan coming off what he's come off. But every, he checked every box, and, you know, we're, we're, uh, we feel comfortable that he's going to be fine. Um, just a little blip in the recovery radar for a guy coming off of surgery. But uh, we'll find out more tomorrow.
3: Yeah, it does happen, as you as you did explain last night, in these types of recoveries that you can get some stiffness, some soreness, and that's what we saw from Hicks. So we'll continue to monitor that through you tomorrow as the team comes back to Busch Stadium. Continuing on with the game in that seventh inning, the Cardinals with a 5-3 lead, and they expand on that pretty quickly, top of the
0: seventh. There's a hard hit ball to left field, a sinking line drive, and it drops and gets past Tom and goes back to the warning track. Carlson's going to score, and Goldschmidt's going to score. The Cardinals pack on two runs. And
3: Arenado is responsible for that, and he's responsible for this in a 7-5 game
2: in the ninth. There's a swing, and the ball is hit into right center field. That is going to get down and go to the wall. It got past Polanco. Goldschmidt, he's coming around third base. He's going to score, and all the way to third base, Nolan Arenado. The Cardinals have an 8-5 lead in the ninth.
3: First triple for Arenado. He talk about checking all the boxes. He's doing that, isn't he? What a performance by Nolan Arenado last night.
5: Yeah, it really was. Um, similar, we talked about the start, about the total offense, specifically Nolan. Um, just taking what the game gives him, drove the ball into right center for a triple, um, had a double to left, just had a lot of, a lot of quality of bats.
3: And the Cardinals had that 8-5 lead. They made it 9-5 on a Tyler O'Neill RBI single. Kisner reaches on an error. Bader drives in a run on a fielder's choice. I like this one. Top of the ninth, Justin
2: Williams. The pitch. There's a fly ball. That's hit well. Center field. Back to the track. The wall. That's a pinch home run. A gunner into the Cardinal bullpen. Last night, Carpenter hit a pinch home run. Williams hits one tonight. Two more runs, twelve to five. Cardinals in a five-run ninth inning.
3: Boy, when he sends them, they go, don't they? What a home run off the bat of Justin Williams. He's a good kid too. A soft-spoken young man. I don't, don't call him a kid. He's an adult, but he uh, he is uh, a really emerging player. I feel like for you, Mike.
5: Yeah, I mean he's getting some opportunities, taking advantage of them. and uh, man, he smoked that ball last night. That was a that was a nice swing. He, he hit that ball really well.
3: He did. Justin Williams with a home run. Cardinals lead at 12-5, and they finish it 12-5. I won't skip over the bullpen effort. So after Hicks, Henesis Cabrera comes in. I'll touch on him a little bit after we take a break, talk a little bit more about uh, Genesis and, and your ball club. But uh, he goes a third, gives up a run on two hits. Giovanni Gallegos in the eighth inning. His breaking stuff was working, Mike. He's got it going right now, doesn't he? Giovanni Gallegos with a terrific setup performance.
5: Yeah, did a nice job, man. Gio's a you know reliable guy, and and you know strikes with his fastball, really dirty slider, and is is um, showing a changeup that I don't think the league is is uh, used to seeing. So, and he's throwing it for a strike, but um, no, he's got two real plus pitches, and uses the top of the zone, bottom of the zone, and um, much out the hand looking the same. So he's he got a nice even demeanor. Um, those strikes, two plus pitches, a lot to like.
3: Cody Whitley came in and pitched a scoreless ninth as the Cardinals built that lead twelve to five. You were able to give Whitley some action, which was probably important after the outing that he had before, just to get himself set and right, right?
5: That's correct. Uh, he's got good stuff, fish well all spring, last spring, last year for us limited time. Um, usually efficient with his pitches, you know, didn't have a great day the other day, but you know, that's life and that's competition. So got him back out there in one, two, three and looked good
3: couple of ground ball outs and a fly out for Cody Whitley as the Cardinals win at 12-5 over the Pirates. Carlos Martinez makes the start today. We'll talk about him and more with Mike Schilt when we come back. It is the Mike Schilt Show. We'll also get his memorable play of the week, sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes, when we come right back on KMOX.
2: Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX.
3: Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show with the Cardinals manager. I'm Tom Ackerman. Carlos Martinez makes the start today, Mike, and we're starting to see... The old Carlos Martinez come back. you've known him for a long time, so you you would have a full scope of his career. But when you see that little smile on his face, when you see the ball coming out of his hand like it is, when you see him throwing strikes, you're seeing a successful Carlos Martinez. What are you uh, seeing from him, Mike, moving forward?
5: All year, he's been in in the zone. Um, He's been in the zone as much as any starter we've had wayno has been in the zone, Jack in the zone. But Carlos really pounded the zone and filled it up. And, um, you know, we appreciate the fact that he's going to let his defense work. Um, got some life on his ball. You know, he's been – his velocity's um, been good. He's uh, been able to pitch off, off, you know, his two-seamer and his four-seamer. A lot of good movement to it. Slider's been on the plate for the most part. Um, and he's really done a, a really filthy changeup. He's uh, – He's added subtracted, he's throwing multiple pitches for strikes, tempo's good. Um he's done he's pitched well really all year. Um, you know, we're so result oriented with the bottom line, but you know, we looked at things in a little bit different perspective and we don't excuse the results. But fact of the matter is we've um not played as good a defense for him in some starts that have cost him some big innings. Um but otherwise he's thrown the ball really well all year and kind of the last two, two times out, you know, he's gotten rewarded for it. Yeah,
3: and before that, he had that six-run second inning and then turned himself around, to your point. Uh, overall, he's been hitting the zone. And Carlos Martinez pitches today against the Pirates for the Cardinals. The Cardinals also uh, have Adam Wainwright, I believe, coming back pretty soon. Mike, what's the latest on him?
5: Uh, Wainwright's going to start unless um, something happened uh that we don't foresee he'll be starting tomorrow night against the Mets at home.
3: Got it. And the Mets uh, will be in town at Bush Stadium for tomorrow's game right here on KMOX. As for the rest of the rotation, we'll see about Miles Michaels. I hear some good uh, returns on him, Mike. What's the latest?
5: Uh, yeah, he threw three innings the day before yesterday um, in the alternate site. We'll pitch in Memphis four innings um, coming up. They open their season, I believe, on Tuesday. I don't think Miles is still on a Tuesday, but. Soon thereafter, our portion of miles, all the portion of alternate campsite feedback's been positive, uh, feeling good, getting stronger, secondary pitch is working, recovering well. So he's trending in a very good direction.
3: Uh, John Gant got that W. He did have uh, a number of walks. I believe it was five and five innings, but uh, you know, some cold and windy conditions had to kind of gut his way through that. But for John Gant, how would you evaluate his season so far?
5: He's been effective overall. He's been able to get through the fifth pretty much every time out and beyond, us a chance to, to win baseball games, so primary job of the starters to do that. <clears throat> he's done a nice job, so you know, he's five walks. He's, you know, a guy with multiple pitches uh, in his repertoire. um, has been able to use a good sinker to get a lot of ground balls, and, you know, you can stick with him when, he, when you know he's competing well, staying in the moment and has a chance to get a, a ground ball to get out of a situation, and Hopefully not be in as many. But, you know, he controls counts. He's really effective. But if he has traffic, he's able to make pitches. So, um, gutty guy that that, uh, has multiple pitches and and can make a pitch when he needs to.
3: Talk about multiple pitches. KK has that. He has a number of pitches he can throw for strikes. So, what have you liked from your Korean lefties so far?
5: Uh, You said it. He had multiple pitches for strikes. Um, Works quick. Real pro, a lot of experience, you know, second year in the big leagues, but a lot of international experience um, at high levels. And, you know, just likes to compete as well. Fits right in. Um, those strikes, use this slider <clears throat> as his out pitch and uh, was able to add, some track, go in, go out. You know, he's, he's a guy that makes pitches.
3: And taking a look at some of your pitchers who are on the IL right now, Daniel Ponce de Leon, it sounds like he's going to have some imaging done, Mike, uh, just to see how that shoulder's doing.
5: Yeah, I'll find out more tomorrow when we get back to St. Louis. um, What's going on with Ponce's shoulder? Uh, He felt better the last two days, but you know we we had to see what it looks like.
3: And Andrew Miller, how are things going with your lefty?
5: Uh, You know, he's got a foot issue that's impacted him um, in the spring and got it behind him a little bit, but resurfaced uh, recently in his last outing. And uh, getting to see some specialists, and we've got a determination of what that looks like. Now it's a matter about how to treat it, get him back, and. Uh, I'm not sure of a timeline with Andrew.
3: And uh, on your left side, Tyler Webb continues to be an important pitcher for you and Henesis Cabrera. What a great story. Uh, After a very tough moment, uncomfortable definitely for everybody involved, Um, I think you put that to bed after a wonderful response by Bryce Harper, by Henesis himself, by you. I thought that everybody handled a very tough situation very well, Mike. Just looking back on it now, on with the benefit of your for the benefit of your listeners here on the show, how do you look back at all of that?
5: Yeah, I mean clearly an unfortunate ugly scenario. You don't want to see it. Um it's, it's you know, these guys throw so darn hard, but um ball got away from him, happens and you know, unfortunately hit uh got Bryce in the face and but fortunately not anything of any significant um physical damage. Um you know and then you know Talk about three batter men and all that. But, you know, Dennis was a little um, shaken by it. And then we went out and talked to him. Mad Dog sent him, sent him out with kids, excuse me, to settle him down. And the next ball gets away from him and he gets gregarious. Um, so, you know, just one of those things. Of course, they rightfully, Philadelphia gets gets bothered by that. No one just wants to see their own guys get hit, regardless of intent or not, especially um, if there would be intent. But, Clearly, there was not, which they acknowledged. Very class move on Bryce Harper's part, um, which helped defuse the situation um, quite a bit. Also, really a lot of respect for how he handled it, and wanted to make sure that Cabrera knew that he wasn't—he knew it wasn't intentional—and that he wanted to make sure he, you know, hey, no hard feelings, and, and go back to pitching. You know, he's got a bright future. He's a good pitcher, and. Want to make sure it didn't affect Cabrera. So, empathy from Harper that was, um, I thought, was, was very impressive. And, you know, the next day we come back out, everybody's playing. You know, they took their shot, hit Nolan. Um, you know, had some things to say about that. But, candidly, that's kind of old – the whole series is old school baseball. You know, opening game of the series, you had Wayno going a complete game. Their guy pitching to the ninth, Wheeler, um, back and forth. Tough, hard-fought baseball, but with clean baseball. You saw some some animation – You saw some people stick up for the teams, but, you know, it was handled appropriately. Cooler heads prevailed. Um, People appreciated, you know, how things worked out, you know, from uh, the whole perspective. And, you know, umpires thought handled it it well. No issue of the warning after um, Nairus hit Nolan because they kind of understood what took place. Nolan was a real pro about it, Um, didn't like it. No one liked it. We had our peace with, you know, said some things to make sure they knew we weren't comfortable with it. You I got ejected right after that, but the fact of the matter is we didn't have an on-field incident where benches were clearing and people were yelling and screaming and scratching and calling and, um, you know, because really that's not the way the game needs to be represented, but, you know, a lot of different variables in that series that were handled really well by a lot of professional
3: people. Amen to that. Uh, Arenado's a pro. Uh, He knows what he's doing out there, and Bryce Harper absolutely is as well. Here is Cabrera through your Spanish language interpreter, Antonio Mujica.
6: SO I DIDN'T HAVE THE OPPORTUNITY TO SPEAK TO BRYCE uh, MYSELF BUT I DID CALL I DID GET CALLED INTO SHIELTS OFFICE AND HE SHARED THE INFORMATION THAT HARPER HAS REACHED OUT SAYING THAT HE WAS FINE AND THAT HE APPRECIATED YOU KNOW MY my COMMENTS TOWARDS HIM SAYING THAT WE'RE SORRY ABOUT EVERYTHING and IN TERMS OF THAT him REACHING OUT THAT ALSO MADE ME FEEL REALLY GOOD AND I'M um, as always, I'm wishing him the best speedy recovery so he can get back to baseball activities.
3: Yeah, he should feel good about himself after two scoreless innings as well, Mike. Following that was a big statement for Hennessy himself, just to show himself what he can do because he can. Uh, he's he's a talented young man, isn't he?
5: Yeah, super talented. He's gone from you know pitcher to uh, thrower to pitcher. he's, he's been able to um, be really consistent for us, um, pitch well for us last year, pitching the playoffs. got we lean on to. Bring games home. Got two big innings to settle the game down on the opening game of this series. He's done a nice job, you know, fastball, curveball, four-seam, two-seam, and uh, a really good changeup. So he's got the weapons to continue to help us, and he's done a nice job for us.
3: I'm not sure what can be done about the three-batter minimum. It is what it is. It's a major league rule. Uh, At some point, I guess it would be reevaluated or thought through after something like that.
5: Yeah, not you know, out of my bandwidth, out of my pay grade, mm-hmm. but um, you know, every rule has its uh, pluses, and and some have their, um, you know, things that that uh, you know can be affected by it that that uh, aren't by the nature of the rule, but a byproduct of, um, you know, what can happen, and that was a probably the first scenario that I'm aware of, at least that, you know, would have been probably better to have the freedom to to go ahead and get him out of the game for everybody's benefit. But uh, in a carp, um, but. You know, nonetheless, it's the rule, and we play by them.
3: I was just about to mention, Carp, uh, Matt Carpenter, with a very, very special week. Two bombs as a pinch hitter is a big deal. One of them was caught for about a split second and went over the wall, mm-hmm. and the second one was not going to be caught. That was a good week for Matt Carpenter, who insists he's th- – kind of like what you said about Paul DeYoung. Uh, Matt said, look, I know my numbers are what they are, but I'm telling you, I feel good at least uh, what's coming off the bat
5: yeah I mean, you know listen, he's taking good swings got robbed the then the day before made a diving play in the hole on him, one hot bullet um and then he just the got one that you know Quinn man, he almost grabbed it and had it for a split second, but you know once he hit the fence, it jostled it out of there and uh big threw on Homer for carp.
3: Yeah, it was a good day. And then finally, the alternate training site produced Harrison Bader coming back. Uh, What a – wait, can I play this? This was my call of the game last night. I love this play and this call, actually. Uh, Where can I – where was that? Uh, Here it is. This is John Rooney, sixth inning. The pitch.
2: A swing, and there's a ball driven to center field. Harrison Bader's on the run. Puts up the glove. He makes the catch and goes sliding to the warning track, retiring Kevin Newman. Oh, a burst of speed. And then he put up the glove at the very last second.
3: Wow, what a play by Harrison Bader! Tyler O'Neill, fastest player on your team until Bader showed up again. Uh, that's that. I'd love to see that foot race.
5: Yeah, it'd be a good match race for sure. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't know where to lay the, the nickel down, but uh, they both can really run.
3: Yeah, great play by Bader. He comes back and makes the play for you. Is He's been starting in center field. And then finally, Mike, uh, also at the alternate training site and now making his way to the minor leagues as May 4th is the start of the minor league season. Johan Oviedo made a start for you on Wednesday. I would imagine that we will see him in that role at some point. He is a special talent.
5: Yeah, he is. And I would um, I agree. He's going to pitch for us at some point, probably sooner rather than later. You know, we're, we're being really intentional about giving our guys um, the sixth day. Um, to to uh, make sure we're keeping the starters fresh over the course of a season. So, um, you know, we'll use o, uh, Ovi in that regard and threw the ball, you know, well. Um, you know, had 3 on the lead, two outs, and, you know, made a pitch over the middle um, that Miller put a swing on to tie it. But, you know, threw the ball well, thrown the ball well, has really, really good stuff.
3: And happy for Gary LaRock and that entire group. The farm director has got the minor leaguers back in play, Mike. And as someone who's spent a long time in this organization, I'm sure you can appreciate all the people involved. That's a, a happy day on May 4th.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, Gary's the best in the business. Um, you know, good friend and mentor of mine and does a tremendous job with our system. Um, absolutely tremendous job. But I'm excited really for the um, – For those players, man, they got to feel like Christmas coming back after missing an entire year, um, getting back to playing with four uh, of our full-season clubs getting cranked up on May 4th. So good for them, good for the staff, and uh, good to see minor league baseball returning.
3: We'll keep an eye on it. We'll be listening today as the Cardinals take on the Pirates at 12.05 right here on KMOX. As always, we appreciate the time, Mike Schilt. Thanks for the visit. Oh, one more thing. Your memorable Dolan play. Dolan Memory I Care. I can't. Come on, How could I
5: forget that? Your
3: Dolan Memory Care homes memorable play of the week, Mike.
5: Uh, i got to go with Karp's pinch hit homer. Um, good for him. Good for us. Key moment. So that would be the one I'd pick. Alec Bohm, the third
2: baseman, plays a step behind the bag and about 15, 20 feet off the line. The pitch. Carpenter swings and hits a drive. Right field. This is back to the wall, and it is gone. A three-run homer. Carpenter hits a home run into the bullpen, and the Cardinals jump out on top. Three to one in the fifth inning. A pinch home run for Matt Carpenter.
3: The memorable play of the week is sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. If you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live, contact Dolan Memory Care Homes, where they have no more than 11 residents per household. Visit DolanCare.com. Mike, we appreciate it very much. Have a great rest of your day. Good luck today.
5: All uh, right, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Have a blessed Sunday.
3: You too. Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager with us on KMOX, back after this.
2: From KMOX Sports, here's the Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice,
6: KMOX.
3: Final minutes before we get to Cardinal Baseball, I want to bring in the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, and that is Chris Blair, who's back from Texas Motor Speedway, where he saw Scott Dixon win the IndyCar race there. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Hey, I'm
6: dragging a little bit, but glad to be on.
3: (laughs) Speaking of dragging, I saw the uh, Midnight Madness going on at Worldwide Technology Raceway last night. I got to get my car out there. Can I get my car out there on the drag strip? Anybody.
6: Anybody can bring them. Come on out. We'll be having the next one on May 28th. So be sure to come check it out.
3: I would be happy to have my Bomberito vehicle out there, my Audi. See if anybody can take me. Um, So I I drove by the track recently, and with uh, Kansas having their NASCAR race today, and with IndyCar, it's got my wheels turning, uh, pun intended. About everything that's happening this summer with you, so tell me about. And I'm excited about this coming up uh, with IndyCar and with NASCAR and and everything kind of mixing together. NHRA will be in late September. It's an exciting time. How do you, how do people get tickets and how do people get over there?
6: It's real simple. Just go to wwwtRaceway.com or follow us on at WWT Raceway. And for those in the you know outer lying areas in, of the listening area. Uh, We're only five minutes from the Arch, seven minutes from uh, uh, Bush Stadium. I mean, we're right there. So it's it's real easy to get to just off I-55 and Interstate 70. Can't miss us.
3: You have the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series on August 20th, and then you come right back the next day, August 21st, my daughter's birthday, uh, for the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. I, last year, attended – and I thought that, first of all, it was emotional because of my first live sporting event uh, of the pandemic. I thought it was very well done. Now, however, you go under the lights, Chris. That's
6: exciting. I tell you, that was one of the great things about there in Texas last night. I'm pumped up again. Uh, after, you know, last year we had the day races. There's just not as exciting for me. Uh, I love seeing just the, the images of the cars. And, the, you know, you really get the true sense of speed as they're racing under the lights. And uh, the show last night at... Uh, At Texas, it was kind of interesting because there was some weather in the area, so there was a lot of different strategies. And uh, a new driver, a rookie driver uh, out of New Zealand, Scott McLaughlin, who he he finished second, he was challenging with Scott Dixon. This guy has got a world following from his experience in the V8 supercars, and it's going to bring a lot of global attention to the series and, and races like ours to see him. And what he's doing, so uh, it, we're that really got me pumped up for uh, for the Bomarito Auto Automotive Group 500, and you know now we're in the month of May. The Indianapolis 500s in just a few weeks. It's it's a good time to be a race fan. Yeah, sure. I'm
3: fired up absolutely. Kansas uh, has the race today in NASCAR, and it just has me thinking about the future over at uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway. Our final 30 seconds. Uh, I, I just think our town is as good a race town as the one across the state. That's all I'm going to say.
6: I think everybody just needs to let their voices be heard. We need to be you know, supporting the races we do have and uh, start uh, asking for races. Let's get on the message boards with NASCAR. Let's send them emails, and let's see what we can do. Let's drum up some support and show that St. Louis truly is a racing town.
3: I think the future is very bright for this area, that is for sure, and everybody involved in racing would agree. There is a lot of momentum going on right now. Chris, we appreciate it very much. Have a great day, and make sure, folks, that you get tickets for the IndyCar race in August and much more. It'll go a long way, that's for sure. Have a great day, Chris. Uh, Glad you're back safely.
6: All right. right, Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon.
3: Chris Blair, Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. Cardinal Baseball is next.